2: and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Fans are standing. It's the third inning. And
3: Cubs making moves. Well, that's obviously a big thing that we will be uh, monitoring and talking about tomorrow at Cubs Convention, which is where we will be broadcasting.
4: Can you believe it? Mark it in the calendar.
2: This is going to be one of them nights, folks. Woo!
3: Nico Horner's going to be on the show at 5.
2: Base hit! Nico rocks it off! Cubs win!
3: Bugs. Craig council's going to join us in person tomorrow around 340 Craig
4: Council 56 manager in Cubs history that feeling exists right now is 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 really really special
5: it's like Carter Hawkins is going to be on the show too
2: did he make the catch he did what a play talkman took a home run away from Burleson. Cubs win the ballgame.
3: No, I mean, obviously, I yeah. jest very hard there. Oh,
5: God, it's going to be so hard. He's jesting. I
3: mean, that's the, the perfect environment
5: for a guy who jests hard. Where do you jest harder than at the Cubs convention?
2: A game-winning home run for Chris Morel! Can you believe it? Listen to this crowd.
6: Cubs series, you-
3: Oh, yeah. packed Yeah, it's going to be very busy for us at Cubs Convention. Danny and Matt do an excellent job. This
6: is what you
5: came here for. You've got the Cubs game on the score.
1: And now, live from the Sheridan Grand in downtown Chicago, for the 37th Annual Cubs Convention, it's the Parkinson Spiegel Show on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station.
3: Oh, it has been an amazing day at Cubs Convention. Thank you so much. We're staying on until 645, right into pregame for a very special Bulls game against the Warriors as they're going to be honoring the 95-96 team and unveiling the Ring of Honor at the United Center. We've got a special halftime show during Bulls games. The score is everywhere. We've had Carter Hawkins and Jamison Tyone and Nico Horner and Craig Council making his first appearance. If you missed Council's debut appearance, that'll come up probably in about 20 minutes or so. And uh, the... The buzz now, we are going to go into the ballroom in a few minutes when Tom Ricketts comes to the stage because there's going to be an announcement on the next Cubs Hall of Fame uh, class and Sammy Sosa's on the ballot.
5: Yeah, last year, Sean Sean Dunstan and Mark Grace, uh, the year before that when Pat Hughes got in, and there's two more coming this year. Could be Sammy Sosa, we're not sure. Tom Ricketts is going to announce um, the two uh, inductees to the Cubs Hall of Fame, and that should be pretty cool. After that, there'll be a, a long run of introductions of just about everybody on this Cubs roster. We won't be carrying all of that. but It's you- just
3: people saying names yeah. and guys walking across the stage. You can watch it, you know, on Marquee, and it'll be on their YouTube page and all that, but it's uh, they say hi and all that sort of
5: thing. Exactly, but you and I will get a chance to kind of Think about the Hall of Fame stuff. Maybe play a little bit more of Shane Reardon from the blue carpet, which was pretty amazing.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, but, like, if he's really going to make this announcement right here, (laughs) either direction it goes is a huge story, right? I mean, Sosa in, huge story for the Cubs. Sosa out, huge story where there will have to be some questions answered Uh by a lot of people for the Cubs. Listen,
5: I got to say that I understand the desire for contrition um from the variety of things that sammy did i think it's i think it's holding on to it a little too fervently and you know you're the owner though you get to make your choice on those things as the owner and as a former fan but the reason this is interesting is that it's a loophole that's out of his realm of power so that's why he might kind of be forced to reckon with it but i wouldn't be surprised if some contrition from sammy comes along with it if that is indeed the way that we go Because you know, you gotta gotta figure out how to make nice on that front as well.
3: Yeah, and uh, it looks like we are gonna be able to go into the ballroom here momentarily to hear from the chairman and principal owner of the Chicago Cubs, Tom Ricketts, with the announcement of the next Cubs Hall of Fame class. Ladies and gentlemen, Cubs chairman, Tom Ricketts.
6: Charlie. All right, it's exciting. I want to welcome everyone to the 37th annual Cubs convention. This is the first, and by far, still the best sports fan convention in the entire world. And also, I want to thank everyone here tonight. Like, people thought, oh, there's going to be bad weather. It's really going to affect our turnout. But I don't think so. Further proving the Cub fans are the best fans in the entire world. So as we all know as Cub fans, that tonight is kind of the opening night of the 2024 season. And I know, we know, it's going to be a great season. (laughs) Jed has been working hard to add players to our core of established stars. And as everyone knows, we just missed the playoffs by this much last year. So, you know, as Jed is looking to add players, yesterday we traded for... Michael Bush, Triple A Player of the Year. (laughs) And just today we added Japanese strikeout king, Shota Imiyanga. Who introduced himself to Cub (laughs) just introduced himself? Just introduced himself to Cub fans. Uh, Alright, well you know Shoda just introduced himself to Cub fans just a few hours ago and let's see how that went. Hey Chicago. What do you say? Cubs are going to win today. Nice to meet you. Uh, I'm Shoten Managa. I played Yokohama DNA Vestas eight years. I'm very happy to be here and be a Cub. I want to say thank you to entire Cubs organization for having me and I'm very excited to pitch at degree Field. I'm looking forward to meeting fans and teammates. Go Cubs, go! Okay. Guy's been here five hours, he's already my favorite player. So you can expect more additions in the next few weeks and everyone that comes into this organization the other thing about our organization is the what all third party sources will tell you is that the Cubs have one of the best farm systems in all of baseball. And I think and we and, and one thing one thing cool we started to do at convention is bring more of the minor leaguers along. So as you meet them this weekend I'm sure you will agree our, our future is very, very bright on the field. And of course, all of these new players, are, all these players are coming into a new clubhouse with a new manager, Craig Counsel. Everyone in the game agrees that Craig is one of the best, and I'm sure that he will, he will definitely get the most out of every player. So the way we finished last year was pretty tough, it was pretty rough on me personally and I'm sure everyone in this room, but it just underscores how much we believe that we have the right pieces and parts to go deep into the postseason. So let's get this convention started. So what do we have in store this weekend? Well, we're going to welcome Cubs players from the past, the present, and the future. A lot of the guys from the the great 1984 team. We've got a few old friends from the 2016 team. You know, and it was going to be a record turnout for players, but the airport was closed for a couple hours, which kind of set us back. So we'll set that record next year. But this year, this convention, you know, we did surveys, we did thousands of surveys were turned in by the people in this room, and one of the things you said is you want to see more players and you want more, off, more opportunities for autographs. So we're doing that this year. We said you want to, uh, we've expanded our Cubs archives. We, of course, still have bingo. Um, you'll get to meet Craig Council. The, um, but, you know, oh, and then tomorrow, After the whole day of baseball and everything you're doing, if you still want to talk baseball, come by Shula's at 4.30. I'll be there having a beer or two, and I'll try to meet as many of you in person as I can, and I think that'd be a fun way to interact for the, to finish up tomorrow's afternoon. So, anyway, I'm looking forward to that. But tonight, but tonight, tonight we'll start this whole ceremony by announcing the 2024 Cubs Hall of Fame class. They will will take their place alongside the other Cubs Hall of Famers on the stage tonight. And I think you'll all agree these are two great choices, but don't just take it from me. Let's hear from the people that know them the best.
0: When I was growing up, this was your office and some days, when I was really lucky, you'd take me to work. Before you handled your business on the mound, we'd field pop flies in the outfield and I'd tear through the clubhouse with other players' kids.
7: We grew up at Wrigley. It was our playground but it was more than just a game. It was a place where my dad was a hero to everyone in the ballpark. Over 18 years in the big leagues, my dad drove in more than 1,400 RBIs and hit 386 home runs, including some clutch moments that made
0: Wrigley rock.
7: Win!
0: They win it! My dad debuted as a baby-faced 20-year-old then struck out 1,582 batters over 14 seasons. He notched a 3.67 ERA and delivered possibly the single greatest pitching performance in Cubs history. But it's the way they did it,
7: with quiet consistency and humility, that made its mark on Cubs fans and on me. Baseball was always your way of teaching me, Dad. And today, it's not just a recognition of your career. It's a celebration of the lessons you passed on through the game.
0: Dad, people remember you for 20 strikeouts and the Game 7 homer against the Marlins.
2: Carrie Wood plays long ball.
0: But my best memory might be your last.
2: Gary Wood has just walked off for the final time in his big league career.
0: The day you retired, you went from being everyone else's hero to being just mine. You may be known as Kid K to Cubs fans, but you're always dad to me. It's
7: normally a father who takes pride in his son, but today, Aramis Ramirez, I'm the one who's proud of you. And Kerry Wood,
0: I'm proud of you. Because Because dad... You're, You're going, going into, into the, the Cubs Hall of fame. of fame,
6: ladies and gentlemen. You all set? Please welcome to the stage, Harry Wood and Aramis Ramirez. Okay, there they that are two Cubs Hall of Famers really for 2024.
5: Bad.
3: Getting a standing ovation from Cubs fans, and they are, of course, deserving members of the Cubs Hall of Fame.
5: For this year, the 2000s were brought into the uh, conversation for the first time. So that's why Sammy was on the ballot for everything he did in the 2000s, in addition to the 90s. That's why Aramis, who played 2003 to 2011, and Kerry Wood, 98 to 2008, before coming back in 2011, were on the ballot.
3: I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. I do not understand how you can have a Cubs Hall of Fame. It could be reportedly be an independent operation. It is an independent operation. And, and, and I, I, that's what they all say. They all say it's an independent operation, but they know how Tom Ricketts feels about Sammy Sosa, and I just I don't get it. I don't get how you can have a Cubs Hall of Fame. Sammy supposed to be on the ballot, and him not be in it. I don't understand. I um the guy the guy the guy is as responsible for Cubs fandom and the International global mm-hmm. brand of the Cubs as anything short of Wrigley Field and Harry Carey and the Superstation. Like, he's on that list of, like, the reasons why the Cubs are what they are. That's just, that's crazy to me. And I love Kerry Wood. I mean, Kerry Wood and Sammy Sosa are my two favorite Cubs ever, man. Like, I, it, it's not that these guys aren't deserving. Uh-huh. Uh, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't get it.
5: So, I was texting with Bruce Miles, the uh, longtime baseball writer for the Daily Herald, a voter on uh, the Cubs Hall of Fame, and Bruce, an author of several good Cubs books, and he said unequivocally, no, Tom Ricketts did not have any influence on the voting. If he tried to influence, I would quit, says Bruce Miles. He, I know, feels he, very he said that when we had him on his, the air. Yep. Yeah,
3: I mean, I mean and yeah. And we can
5: ask our, our colleague David Haw. Um, I don't know if he's written about it.
3: Bruce, at, Bruce, at Bruce, Levine, Bruce is, Levine is on the panel. You
5: know, there's. You remember when Sammy was in the, the long-gone summer documentary, His entire line of thinking was, you know, why just me when everybody was doing it? That kind of thing about it. And, um, you know, I I see it both ways. In terms of the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, I think you have to let people in. And in terms of this Hall of Fame, I think you have to put Sammy in and just have the caveats of, of what it was. But in Major League Baseball, it's sort of easier to just have... You know, a a caveat on everything and say in certain eras, there was discrimination. Certain eras, there were greenies. Certain eras, there were steroids. And just vote people in. That's the way I would do it. This is proprietary, and it's very much up to the conscience of the voters. And they're not held to the same standards as the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. They want to feel a sense of of contrition from Sammy, and they don't feel it yet. They're allowed to vote their conscience.
3: I want to hear voters say that, though. That would feel like they're echoing the sentiments of Tom Ricketts. He's the only one who's talked about that, like the, the contrition, like cause he's apologized for leaving the park early and, and, and things like that. It, it, it's just the performance enhancing drugs that has been a, a thing that Tom Ricketts has talked about mm-hmm. uh, the contrition for. So, you know, I just I just don't. I it just it, it feels so wrong. There should be Sammy Sosa day at Wrigley Field. He they, they can fly the flag that says sixty six. You know, he, he should he should be there throwing out a first pitch, singing the stretch, sprinting out to right field. His number should be on that flagpole. He, he, he's just three three seasons of 60 home runs. He ran out with the American flag after 9-11. The the 0-3 team like it's just I don't know, man. It is he was a better Cub than Aramis Ramirez. He just was. He just, he just flatly was. He's one of the greatest Cubs of all time. What are we talk- like what are we talking about
5: here yeah we're just we're, we're talking about several years of of thoroughly obvious Um, cheating and flaunting of all sorts of things within the team structure that don't sit well with people.
3: And it was celebrated by everybody who was at that ballpark at the time when it was happening, and Major League Baseball profited off of it. And the Cubs profited. And the Cubs profited off of it. And they still profit off it. You go to a Cubs game, you see the videos of his highlights play. Mm. They do on this date in Cubs history, and they show it. You know what I mean? It's not like he's completely removed from it when you're there. Let
5: me me ask you this. I think it's a no-doubter that Kerry Wood was one of the two this year that only two were going to get in. So, right. And they were only going to do two a year. So there's no doubt that Kerry Wood was going to get in. We know of Kerry Wood's feelings for Sammy Sosa. I think it's very possible that some of the voters would not do that to Kerry Wood, make it be on this stage right now. As he is with Aramis Ramirez, make him do that with Sammy Sosa when he has been very clear that he wants no part of that.
3: Maybe it's a meritocracy though, or at least it's supposed to be um i yeah i think that's fascinating like the idea of this thing being totally independent and all of these people independently saying that sammy Sosa is not a cubs hall of famer i that just that that that, that defies logic and maybe I, listen i i was 12 in 98 man like, that's when you fall in love with sports so like i i am i'm obviously coming to this from a place of like childhood nostalgia and i was
5: 28 and very much feeling the uh the, the strident you know, self-righteous indignation at the time when it uh, when it turned sour. But I've I've softened on that. But I, I guess I still understand how some people have not. I'll say this. If this instigates some more conversation and maybe some more conversation from Sammy's perspective. And now that Kerry Wood is already in, maybe next year.
3: Maybe next year. That was the motto back in the day for the Cubs. It's Not supposed to be the motto now. That is, uh, What a great day. Great day. Great day. Just, that just that, that, that bothers me that bothers me a lot but uh Craig Council made his debut appearance on the show today it was uh insightful and meaningful and hopefully going to be the first of many so you'll hear Craig Council with Parkinson Spiegel next on the score And the applause you're hearing is for Craig Council.
1: Craig Council. My thought on Craig, as I've always watched him against us, was the
5: Bum Phillips quote where he said, he'd take his and beat yours and yours and beat his. And that's kind of how I felt sometimes watching him, that he was just getting the most out of the team.
1: MLB veteran for 16 seasons. You look at his skills and he really doesn't do anything great. And when he's on your team, he's one of the most valuable players. Yep. Oh boy, he did that great and it's 5-0. Two-time World Series champion. So now it's Council who carries the run that could win the World Series as he leads away from third. Rennaria bats with two out. The 0-1 pitch.
2: A liner. off oh, Maggie's glove Into center field. The Florida Martins have won the World Series. His batting stance, you can see that high stance. It's been compared to a chimney sweep who's missed a spot. Gets into one to run. His teammates call him Rudy, and Rudy has just tied game one of the 2001 World Series with a first inning home run.
1: 2001 NLCS MVP.
2: Diving stop and out at second for the second out of the inning. What a play by Council. Council with a huge
3: three run home run in game three may have saved three with this play.
4: Manager for your Chicago Cubs. Teams are different. You know, I've used this analogy for a long time. There's a soup made, and it, you know, it can be the same player but it's going to taste a little different next year when grandma makes it you know what i mean craig council with parkinson spiegel on 670 the score
3: give it up for the newest manager of the chicago cubs craig council what's up man
4: thank you for that intro that was your producers did a heck of a job i appreciate that yeah it's chris
3: Tannehill. he's uh the absolute best in the business and uh it's an honor, man, to have you on the show. It's been a while since we've done this.
4: I know it's official that I'm a Cub now, and I'm talking to Danny Parkins. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, man. Uh, haven't done this since high school. You know, you're my first ever interview that Brad set up.
4: Wow. That That makes us a little that makes us even more surreal, yeah Danny and I have known each other for uh, for a very, very long time, and um, it 's cool to be working together now
3: yeah man absolutely uh, and this audience really came together. Brad had been on the show a bunch of times, raised a bunch of money for uh, brain cancer in his honor, so as you know he 'd be very proud of you right now
4: and it 's uh really cool to talk to you about all of this stuff but um,
3: has it sunk in? Does this make it sink in? how you feeling
4: yeah I, I was looking forward to this weekend for sure. Um, You know, for new Cubs, like Cub Convention is like a talked about a event a lot, and you it's like it's hyped up a lot for sure. And uh, you know, I can tell right now by just looking around this that uh, it makes you feel like a Cub for sure. Um, You do a press conference, even talking to players, but like seeing everybody wearing a Cub jersey and everybody wearing Cubs hats and Cubs gear, um, it starts to get you excited for the season, and it makes you feel like a Cub.
5: This is the Mac Daddy of off-season celebrations. <laughs> every organization in every league does something kind of like this. Now, this is the 37th Cubs convention. Um, the Brewers one, slightly different scale, or you know, how, how does it how does it compare to, to this one? I got to ask you.
4: It's a different scale. I, walking in that room next door to us, where I, th- I think the. They've told me about a red carpet event and an interview I'll be doing with Ryan Dempster later. If you walk in that room, it's different. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, did, you see, did you see the graphic that they put out? It was like Lollapalooza.
3: It was like a concert lineup, and your name is the biggest one at the top of it. That has to be a weird thing for you.
4: Yeah, that is. That is. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, let's make the players' names the biggest. That's what I say. Yeah, well,
5: it, it's exciting times. Shota Imanaga announced today. Uh, how active were you as a part of uh, that pursuit and, uh, and, and that agreement?
4: Yeah, I mean, not, I didn't speak to him beforehand. I've actually just had a really nice conversation with him. Um, he did a heck of a job at the press conference. I just complimented on that. I thought it, I thought he was incredible how he did it. And, you know, the one thing that you, you learn really quickly when you talk to Shota, he's just he's a smart dude about pitching. Um, and he knows what he wants to do. He's been, and he's so skilled that that skill level, there's, of course there's adjustments to be made when you kind of move, move to the different league. But his skill level... Um, and just his his kind of mind for pitching is going to lead to a lot of success.
5: The philosopher, right, Danny?
4: Yeah, the pitching the philosopher. The pitching philosopher. Yeah. And
5: I, I saw some videos where he was breaking down how he throws his four-seamer. It's yeah. crazy, man. Like, he's really uh, d- dived deep into that. Three-plus pitches, you guys might mess with the, the pitch usage a little bit in this league instead of that
4: one. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's always um, – you know tweaks that you kind of explore, but this is one thing I told Shota to just a couple minutes ago. Is like he doesn't have to do anything different to succeed. That's what's great about him. Of course, you explore like little things to make players better. That's that's our jobs as coaches, and we were we had a fun time as coaches talking about that this morning. Um, but he's good enough already doing what he's doing to get major league hitters out. So, Craig, I mean, you heard it in that in that intro. The
3: overachiever maximized your talents. That was what the knock uh, or the the reputation for you as a manager. Got the most out of your teams. Do you know how you do that? Like, can you explain the secret sauce to getting the most out of whatever you have in front of you?
4: No. Awesome. Yeah, no, no, right. I, oh. I, I, can, yeah, I, I mean, I can. I good mean, stuff, I think, Danny. Well, yeah. no, I mean, I, but I'm it's been kidding. doing it
3: for a long time, so it's a lot
4: of dumb luck, then. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you don't explain it. You just, you know, managing is about people. Uh, it's about players. Um, and it's about, you know, stacking up good decisions. Um, and, and, and simple as that. And, and that's what my job is about. Um, and I don't make it any more complicated than that. I don't, you know, ascribe anything more to, like, some talent I have than that. Um, but I, I manage people. I take care of those people. Um, and and, try, and and by doing that, get the most out of them. And then I, my job is to make a lot of good decisions. Um, and they're, they're decisions based on, you know, we have a ton of information in baseball. Numbers, gut, all those things matter, and, and you use all of it to make good decisions. So how do you deal with pressure? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think the first thing that comes to mind is like pressure is kind of why you do it. It's not, it's not the bad thing about doing it. It's why you're doing it. It's the feeling that you want. Um, you want, you know, we are performers, you know what I mean? And, and that, that means there's pressure along with that. Most, most of it's self-imposed. Um, but it's the good kind, you know, it's the could it's the kind that makes you want to succeed. It's the kind of makes it, it's the competitiveness in you that makes you want to win. And, um, you know that—that's how I've always treated pressure. You know, I think any performer's got a love-hate relationship with pressure, right? They—they they, they hate it, but they also love it. Yeah, you need it to get you going. That, that's right.
5: Absolutely. A couple of game specifics with you, if you don't mind. I won't hold you to these during the course of the year. Promise. <laughs> really. really. Um, all right. The opener. When I think of the opener, I think of you and Wade Miley grinning at each other after five pitches in 2018. Might we see an opener sometime this year?
4: Yeah. That—that was—that was. That was um, that was the opener taken to a little bit different level yes. um they, i think they've made rules that that, that prevented us from doing that <laughs> um but yeah I, I think you you always consider it um and and then you know the thing about the openers you consider it you talk about it. you talk about it a lot and then uh-huh. you got to find what's the good in it, and then what's the ramifications from doing it, and you got to consider both sides of it um, when you do it.
5: All right, so that's a maybe. Um, you got a part-time hitter who's hot, three great games in a row against favorable matchups, this guy. tough matchup on day four. Is he playing? Any chance he plays if he's red hot after three days, even though the matchup isn't good on day four?
4: Yeah, you're leaving out a lot of information. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're leaving out a ton of information there. <laughs> Okay. So, so I don't have to answer that because no. you're not giving me all the you're not giving me okay. all the data points there, man. All right,
5: well, how about this one? First and second, nobody out. You're down two runs. You got a three true outcome guy up, but he's also a pretty good bunter. <laughs> Any chance you ask him to bunt? First and second, nobody out. Down two runs.
4: Uh, I I wouldn't say there's no chance. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think there's players that you, you, you know you bunt with players who have are appropriately skilled to like uh-huh. put them in positions to succeed. Um, so the right players like bunting bunting in the right matchups uh bunting bunting could be a factor but um just to say that the bunt is the best play here i think that's where we get ourselves in trouble
5: okay and last one uh defined roles in the bullpen need a closer need somebody who believes they are a closer and in a related question how's your relationship with josh Hader, free agent <laughs> <laughs> um
4: defined roles in the bullpen are are helpful i think for the players i mean i think Anybody kind of wants to know. Ideally, you'd like to know what you're doing when you come to work that day. Yeah. It's, it's easier for you, right? It um, doesn't always work that way. I think who your team is um, kind of dictates whether you can do that. Um, I think Josh is doing great. I, I think he's having a great winter, um, enjoying himself, getting ready for a great season. Okay, he's not, he's not in somebody's <laughs> hotel room, is he? He's, he's not. Okay. So
3: when you got introduced, you talked about, you know, you were going to be deliberate and everything like that. Has it been – what you expected it to be so far?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, it has. It's probably been a little bit more. Um, you know, the intimidating part is just getting to learn the number of people. And look, I've told you managing people, you, you know, you're managing people and establishing those relationships is a really important part of this job, letting them know you. Um, I spent a great, we just spent a great 36 hours with coaches, you know, like working on a lot of things and just, getting letting them hear me talk um is, is a really important like step in that direction um being able to spend some face time with players this weekend really important part of this um so i feel the more i can be with the people i'm going to work with the better i feel um and and that's what's happening this weekend
5: we had a great conversation with bob brentley uh, after you got hired and he brought up one specific moment where you came back to the the dugout after some strategic decision and you said all right you're gonna have to explain that one to me and he loved it he loved that you cared that you wanted to have the conversation do you like having those conversations with players you open to it when they come to you now
4: yeah absolutely I think I I think that's my favorite part of the game you know I think there's we've got decisions to make um and I think players just want to know more than anything like did you put time into that decision and what why did you make it and and I think it, it is my job to be able to explain that, absolutely. Um, you know, that's, that's important. They're not going to always work. I think that's the, the, about, especially about in baseball, they don't always work because we play so many games. Um, but it's important to be able to have logic behind your decisions. Uh, and I, I take that very, you know, that's really critical to any decision I make. So expectations. Theo used to say that now they were
3: a, a victim of their own success because it used to be the lovable losers and all that yeah. sort of thing. And then you have that crazy run. Now you have to live up to them. You get hired in very high profile fashion. There are expectations from all of these people. What would you say to Cubs fans about what they should expect?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I want expectations. Our players want expectations. That's why we're here. Um, so we, we should be held to those expectations. That's that's part of this. Um, that's a great part of this. Uh, and, and you work hard. You work really hard to get expectations. Um, and you want to be in atmospheres that produce that. The pressure of expectations. We want that. And if and if you don't want that, we're in the wrong place. You've been enjoying Chicago. What have you? Uh, have you been able to do. Um, this week's been, this week's been like, I'll tell you one of my favorite things is it's, it sounds weird, but like, uh, I told the, I talked to the, spoke with the Cubs uh, associates this yesterday, two days ago. And, and literally for me still just like walking across the street, like parking my car and walking across like a city street and into the ballpark is still just like, it, I get chills even in the winter and there's no fans there. There's no, you know, there's not crazy energy going on, but still just walking across that street into Wrigley field is, is something that. It's been really special every time I've done it still. That's awesome. That's
5: awesome. Hey, Craig, when I was a little kid, I was hanging around my older brother and his group of friends because they were so cool. And I know that they just kind of tolerated me. You know? <laughs> like I was adorable. I thought, I thought, I, whatever. <laughs> but they were like, oh, yeah, Matt's here. That's great. And how did you and Brad deal with young Danny? <laughs> did you tolerate Danny I or think did you enjoy a, him?
4: That's a great word. You, you tol- tolerated him. Right? Yeah. That's I mean, it's your gr- good buddy's little yeah, brother. That, that's a great word. We, you tolerate him. Hey, thanks for coming, Danny, if you want to leave, you know. Right? I left the bachelor party early. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 need to wrap. need to wrap.
3: All right. Very busy day for us here at Cubs Convention. Great stuff, speaks.
5: Incredible day. Nico Horner was phenomenal. Carter Hawkins was great. Jamison Tyone and, of course, Craig Council.
3: Thank you to Shane Reardon for working the blue carpet. Everyone in the promotion staff, the Cubs. Gary Matthews as well. And I'll see you
5: tomorrow for the 1984 panel.
3: Absolutely. Thank you to Chris Tannehill back in the shop. A very special night at the United Center. Coming up next, for Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkinson Spiegel. This is The
2: Score. All right, I got to go here, guys. I'm I, I got something. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. <laughs>